Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, yippee ki yay buckaroo, here we go with another year of this crap. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, and it is Monday evening, September 14th, and I am pre-recording this show because I am leaving tomorrow afternoon for Germany. But in tonight's show, hey, in Pipe Parts, we're going to finish up or try, we're going to work on the uh, on the history of tobacco and go back to that. My guest tonight to kick off year number three is Al Jones. Al is a moderator on PipesMagazine.com and uh, we'll hang out with him. You'll hear what we talked about. Uh, mailbag and then a uh, FedEx follow-up rant. Yeah, a little FedEx follow-up rant, so... All that on uh, this Tuesday night episode, all pre-recorded, of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, so, yes, I'm on my way to Germany for the Inter Tobacco or the Dortmund show. If you are coming to the Inter Tobacco show, come find me. I will be in the McBaron booth, or as they say in Europe, I will be in the McBaron stand. So, come by and visit me. It's a uh, great international show, and uh, in a couple weeks I'll tell you all about it. Uh, Had a wonderful weekend here at home. Uh, Daughter came back and visited. A little bit of a surprise for all of us. But the weather turned absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Highs in the mid-70s, sunny skies. Opened up the windows, opened up the doors to the house, And it was absolutely perfect weather for (laughs) sitting around and not doing much. So that's what I did a little bit or a lot of this weekend. But, you know, every once in a while you got to take one of those weekends where you don't do much and you just kind of hang out. All right, hope the weather's getting nice where you are and hope you're getting a chance to get outside and enjoy your pipe right now. Why don't you sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And here goes year number three of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at smokingpipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to smokingpipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com. 
This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Welcome back. All right. Tobaccohistory.org. Tobacco.org. Again, we left off around the early 1850s. And uh, let's go to England, 1854. A London tobacconist named Philip Morris begins making his own cigarettes. That would be the one and only Philip Morris who would end up becoming Marlboro. Uh, anyway, it says Old Bond Street soon becomes the center of the retail tobacco trade, and we all remember the Old Bond Street, uh, the Old Bond Street ads and uh, the lonely gal. Um, makes me want to quit smoking if I had to listen to the lonely gal again. Anyway, 1854, first North American patent for a fire safe or self extinguishing cigarette is registered. About oh five six. Seven years ago now, they mandated that all cigarettes be self-extinguishing. And in 1855, J.E. Lundstrom invents the safety match, which requires a special striking surface. There you go. So we have self-extinguishing cigarettes and safety matches now. Uh, going forward, 1856 in Northern Ireland. This is more pipe tobacco related. Tom Gallagher begins a business making Irish roll tobacco in Londonderry. That's the same Gallagher's tobacco firm that went on for years afterwards. Uh, 1856 in England, the country's first cigarette factory is opened by Crimean vet Robert Glogue, manufacturing Sweet Threes. And at the same time in 1856, James Buchanan Buck Duke is born to Washington Duke, an independent farmer who hated the plantation class, opposed slavery, and raised food and a little tobacco. He went on to raise a lot of tobacco. In 1857 in Northern Ireland, Gallagher is founded in Londonderry. Uh, Gallagher was founded in Londonderry. Later, he moved the firm to Belfast. There you go. And it stayed in Belfast until the very end of it. Uh, 1859, Reverend George Trask published, uh, publishes track Thoughts and Stories for American Lads, Uncle Toby's Anti-Tobacco Advice to His Nephew Billy Bruce. There you go. <laughs> Nephew Billy Bruce. Okay, in 1860, the Census for Virginia and North Carolina lists 348 tobacco factories, virtually all producing chewing tobacco. Only six list smoking tobacco as a side product, which is manufactured from scraps left over from plug production. We'll speed up a little bit 
because uh, there's a lot in here. In 1860, manufactured cigarettes appear. A popular early brand is Blackwell Tobacco Company's Bull Durham, which rose to become the most famous the most famous brand in the world and gave rise to the term bullpen for a baseball dugout because they used to advertise out there. Uh, let's see, 1860, the same time, Lorillard, Lorillard cigarettes wraps $100 bills at random in packages of cigarette tobacco named Century in order to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the firm. That's better than a golden ticket. I think a $100 bill is better than a golden ticket. During the U.S. Civil War, 1861 to 1865, tobacco is given with rations by both North and South. Many Northerners are introduced to tobacco this way. During Sherman's March, Union Union soldiers, now attracted to the mild, sweet, bright tobacco of the South, raided warehouses, including Washington Dukes, for some chew on the way home. Some bright made it all the way back. Bright tobacco becomes the rage in the North. Uh, During the Civil War, first federal USA tax on tobacco? Boo! Instituted to help pay for the Civil War, yields about $3 million. In 1863, U.S. mandates cigar boxes. Uh, Congress passes a law calling for manufacturers to create cigar boxes on which IRS agents can pay Civil War excise stamps, the beginning of the cigar box art. There we go. And in 1864, the first federal cigarette excise tax is imposed to help pay for the Civil War. Yeah, okay. Same time in 1864, white burley, first cultivated in the Ohio Valley, highly absorbent, chlorophyll-deficient new leaf, proves ideal for sweetened chewing tobacco. So there's white burley, red burley, all different kinds of burleys, and this one was special. Uh, New York City, 1865, demand for exotic Turkish cigarettes grows in New York City. Skilled European rollers are imported by New York tobacco shops. In 1871, a couple of U.S. government things. Uh, Smoking is banned on the U.S. House floor. And at the same time, the federal income tax instituted in 1862 is repealed, replaced by liquor and tobacco taxes to finance the federal budget. Uh, 1873, Philip Morris dies. The same Philip Morris. 1874, Washington Duke with his sons Benjamin and James build their first tobacco factory. In 1875, Allen and Gintner offers a reward of $75,000 for a cigarette rolling machine. So they're offering an incentive. There we go. Uh, R.J. Reynolds, same year, founds R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company to produce chewing tobacco. And in 1875, Allen and Gintner Cigarette Brands begins using picture cards to stiffen the pack and give the buyer a premium. Some themes, 50 scenes of perilous occupations, flags of all nations... Boxers, actresses, famous battles, etc. The cards are a huge hit, and we have the beginning of what ended up being baseball cards. All right, we'll leave it there, and we'll catch up with it again uh, next week. In just a minute, Al Jones. This is Internet Radio. 
Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sutliff Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Balto Dolce blend in public. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is MarketingPipes.com. At MarketingPipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at MarketingPipes.com. Thank you. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, joining me on the phone is moderator, pipe smoker, collector, uh, we'll get into a whole bunch of other stuff, but Al Jones, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, Brian. Appreciate you having me on. I'm honored. Yeah, you know, it's fun to get the moderators involved, because you guys have a, um, uh, a, a unique perspective, but first, let's get to know you. Where did you grow up? When did you start smoking a pipe? Well, I grew up in uh, near Hagerstown, Maryland. It's a pretty small Western Maryland community. I uh, lived there most of my life in small towns. My father was in the military, so we spent a tour and a half over in Germany, and that was uh, met my grandparents there. My mother's uh, Hungarian, so that was an interesting experience. I was a teenager, but I came back here and settled into another small town near Hagerstown. Williamsport is where I live, and live and work there. Married. Got a, uh, one cat, one bird, and a wife. Two daughters that live uh, elsewhere. <laughs> the da- the daughters ran off and left you, huh? They did. One's close uh, and one's in New Orleans, so uh, we, we missed that one. When did you uh, start smoking a pipe and what got you interested? I have been smoking, I guess, almost five years now. We were on vacation in Florida, and I, I was an occasional cigar smoker to that point which my wife was never a big fan of. We were uh, on a hotel balcony at, uh, at a beach in Florida, and a gentleman would come out every day smoking on his balcony, a pipe, an older guy. And my wife mentioned him a couple times, and I, I said, eh, I'm, too, uh, I'm too young to smoke a pipe. That's what those old guys, like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so 
but her grandfather smoked the pipe for all, all of his life, and uh, he uh, he raised my wife, so she had a lot of exposure to pipe smokers. I never knew a, really a pipe smoker. My uh, grandfather smoked, but he was going long before I was born. So it was uh, stuck in the back of my mind, so I came home, and I, uh, I was traveling up in Jersey, and uh, I stopped at a cigar shop and asked the guy about pipes, and he said, you're not, you're not, you're not going to like the pipe. It's, uh, it's just a lot of problems, and you're going you're gonna to want to stick with cigars, trust me. Don't waste your money on a pipe because if you really want one, get an estate pipe. So I came home, got on the internet, and bought this thing. It was a twenty-five dollar real genuine Italian briar. It wasn't a wasn't a great pipe, but uh, stuck with it. Pretty shortly after that, I discovered uh, right up the road is a pretty popular pipe shop, Boswell's. There's an interesting article about J.M. Boswell in the Pipes Magazine recently, and that's kind of my local shop. So uh, I popped up there and asked about some good pipe tobaccos and uh, they steered me towards uh, Samuel Gaywith Brown number four rope for my starter. <laughs> wow. Which, uh, yeah. That didn't work out too well. So, uh, But uh, eventually uh, I, I kept sticking with it and acquired a few other new pipes and eventually got into state pipes and uh, found my tobacco. Uh, I travel quite a bit. So in my, in my travels... Uh, I cross paths with quite a few pipe shops and pipe clubs, and that's exposed me to some great people, some good friends, and uh, some great great mentors along the way for pipes and tobacco. So uh, very fortunate in that regard. When I'm on the road, you won't find me in a uh, you won't find me in a bar, but you might find me in a in a cigar or pipe shop. So. And what is it more the pipe or is it the the tobacco that that draws you to it? I'm probably more of a pipe guy. I love my British pipes. Uh, I always had British motorcycles, trying motorcycles, new and old ones. And right now we have a, a 79 MGB, so my uh, grandparents were Welsh. So I kind of drifted towards British brand pipes and uh, found that they're kind of expensive. So along that path, I learned how to restore some pipes couple uh, E. James on the Pipes Magazine show. He has written a lot about restoring pipes, so I pretty quickly learned uh, after discovering the forum, Pipes Magazine forum, I read a lot about what he had to offer, and another gentleman named Stephen Laug, who does Reboard Pipes blog, uh, he's pretty much my restoration mentor. And uh, so, just like the pipes, like the old stuff, like British wood, British bar, uh I did bump into pretty early on in my travels another former member's name's Les Young, Les Trout, and he's my tobacco mentor. I was very uh, puzzled by all the different varieties of tobaccos that are out there. It took me a uh, good, better part of a year to kind of figure out what I like. But Les was real instrumental when I would meet him. He, I guess, made it his personal mission to find out what kind of tobaccos I liked and introduced me to my mixture 965, which is kind of my staple, and uh, Latakia blends are what I enjoy, but I can thank Les for that. still see him with some frequency. He'll, like me, he'll travel to anywhere along the East Coast where there's a, a trout stream and some guys smoking pipes that usually show up. So uh, that was uh, met some good people early on. That really helped uh, in my journey, both in pipes and tobacco. Is there a holy grail of a 
British pipe that you're that you're still looking for? Well, it's interesting you mentioned Holy Grail. Uh, one of the, one of our four members, uh, Kate and Doddle, he had a, a list of particular pipes that he was looking for, makers, shapes, and finishes. And I pretty much made my own. I call it my Holy Grail list. I had uh, 20 shapes on there from different manufacturers. And, uh, over the past four years, I've, right now I just look to have four open slots on that Holy Grail list. So. They're a mixture of uh, diesel British brands. Uh, James Upshaw, that was probably, I think that was my first higher higher grade British pipe. Uh, Kamoy's, uh, I love. Uh, Taylor Ashton pipes, particularly the 2X side, that's my favorite. Uh, most of my pipes in my collection are GBDs, and I think they're a great value for the money. Uh, I really love the 9438 shape. I think I have eight of those uh, of eight of that shape at different finishes. Uh, Sassini's, the four-dot pipes, I really like handling and smoking those. And uh, just recently I added some, I had tried Peterson early on, and then I drifted away from Peterson because uh, I'd not never tried a Peterson with a vulcanite stem. So in the past uh, year and a half, I've acquired uh, some pre-Republic Petersons, all with vulcanite peelip stems. I really like them. I was a bit surprised. I just changed the pace. Uh, I tried to peel up early on and didn't care for much for it, but it was an acrylic stem, so I'm a Vulcanite guy all the way. My free time is spent uh, cleaning Vulcanite stems, so <laughs> a glutton for punishment. But, uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a new addition. So there's a uh, Pierce that's just recently made the list. Uh, but anything British, I enjoy. I have a few artisan pipes, not a lot, but... Uh, always uh, appealing manufacturers of pipes out there. I just always find something older that gets my attention. If if a brand new pipe smoker came up to you and asked you what is, you know, describe each one of the, the classic British brands. Is there something that you can pick out that's uh, the, is there some way that you can describe each one so that we can understand what the difference is? Well, for me, it's the, uh, the standard shapes, uh, and I love, if you know me, you follow my activity on the forums or I'm on uh, I, I post on the Reborn Pipes blog I'm, uh, under Upshaw Fan, my restorations. Uh, I love the Rhodesian and Bulldog shapes, and, uh, you know, the Italians make Bulldogs, and I have, a, I have a, co- a couple Italian Bulldogs, but the just the shapes and finishes of those British pipes, uh, you know, uh, like the 9438, you can collect them in different in different finishes, and that's just that's shape. Uh, I don't know, it just it just appeals to me. Uh, be able to get different grades and different finishes. Is, uh, I like the draw. They're they're not too wide open. Uh, some of my unhappiness with Italian pipes was the particularly Costello is the uh, the draw is so wide open, and uh, I like a little. A little tighter draw. I like it to pass the cleaner, but, but I don't mind a little restricted draw, particularly compared to, to Costello. Uh, and the buttons. I'm very I'm very finicky about my buttons. It has to be a vulcanite stem. And I like a real slender, slim button, like old Kamui's buttons are just awesome. Uh, some of the GBD buttons are actually very good for a factory pipe. Like I like what Bill uh, Taylor did with his Ashtons. And Sassini's are very similar. 
is there a factory where you look at it you look at that and you go what 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 were you guys thinking when you were trying to make a bulldog or a rhodesian not really uh most of the british ones all all appeal to me uh, i don't like a lot uh, it has to be under 50 grams that's kind of my uh my weight limit uh, that that's important to me as well too the, the weight of it that's why the 2x uh Ashton's really really fit the bill uh, I have a couple of fern downs and they run kind of large. Um, and some of the Sheridans, uh, probably, I, I have exactly one Sheraton and it's, it's a monster. It's that, uh, it was called the countryman pipe and I don't know a whole lot about it. It was just a weird, that, that is a weird oddball shape. It's, uh, partially rusticated, partially smooth and they are gigantic. Uh, Northern Briars makes, makes that shape and he usually makes it close to hundred grams weight and uh this this i acquired a, a sheridan one and it's uh i think it's 100, 105 grams so that's easily the largest largest pipe in my collection and that is an oddball shape and i can't explain uh oddly hot is the only thing i could say like uh some women are oddly hot this uh, sheridan shape is, it's that one uh, smoked it, it yesterday as a matter of fact some old escudo and it smokes great it is a monster. Is it too big to even fit in your MG? I can carry anything in that MG. We are storied about what we carry. Our grocery store always laughs at my wife and I because we sometimes don't choose wisely when we're out in that car and we stop somewhere. So I have various <laughs> pictures of us carrying things that shouldn't fit in an MGB, but uh, somehow we make it home. TV, body, plants, <laughs> more groceries. I I actually had to go back a couple of weeks ago for a second run at groceries because we, we couldn't fit them all in the trunk. So they all laugh at the grocery store. So. Uh, with the, with it's the, funny we're driving that car, so uh, I'll, I'll make two trips if I have to. Uh, with the top down, can you smoke a pipe in it? I have never tried. I just uh, I spent the better parts of two months putting a pretty expensive by my standards, uh, leather interior in it, so uh, I'm, I'm not going to risk smoking in that one and shifting at the same time. Uh, I don't I don't smoke in my car. I drive. I, I spend a ton of time on the road for work, and I just don't I don't smoke in my car. It's never never uh, appealed to me to do that. So I don't I don't think I would in the MG. I'm sure I wouldn't. My wife would. She helped she helped do the installation. She's a good sport. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd probably be in big trouble if she caught me smoking in that thing. That's why I make sure all my cars have sunroofs so I can just pop it up a little bit and it all exhausts straight out the top. I go to a lot of British car events or some big ones around here and I am always puzzled that I rarely, if ever, encounter another British car owner who's a pipe smoker. But the weird thing is on Pipes Magazine, I think there are at least three MGB owners as part of the forum. So, but I never encounter them at, at, at shows. I bumped into one guy, and I, I think that was in the last two years, I bumped into one guy smoking a pipe at a, at a car show. And I'm never without mine at a car show, so when I'm walking around, there's a pipe in my mouth. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about the forums and uh, traveling with pipes and more with Al. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. 
Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, moderator Al Jones. So, speaking of moderators, how do how does one become a moderator on the forums, and what are the fringe benefits of it? Fringe benefits are uh, you get to use a lot of your spare time reading uh, forum posts that might otherwise not be super interesting to you, <laughs> <laughs> looking for trouble. Uh, now, now there are. There are a few French benefits working with Kevin, so uh, I've never met Kevin, believe it or not. Uh, so I'm hoping at some point we get down to Florida, hoping to meet him at some point in person. So, um, yeah, I actually volunteered for the job. Uh, we originally had a classified section, and uh, it went away. And I asked Kevin uh, if he thought about putting it back back in, reinstating the classified section. And then I thought I'd better at least you know put my money where my mouth is if I'm going to ask for something help out so I so I could if you need someone help moderating I'd be happy to do that I thought I was volunteering just to moderate the classified section <laughs> turns out pretty quickly I found out that uh nope there's uh, there's plenty of other moderation that needs to be done and that was uh I think I've been a moderator for maybe two years this fall yeah this will be my second year I think uh, in October so it's been a fun ride uh, some great people uh yeah, met, met, a lot, met a lot of our uh, four members in my uh, travels and clubs and bike shops and such. So uh, I always love getting to meet some of the four members. And I, tr I try to take every opportunity to do so to do that, including pipe shows, things like that. But, uh, yeah, the moderation, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. Uh, it hasn't been a big issue. They're, everyone's pretty well behaved, and I appreciate that. So uh, I really have to do very little, you know, hand slapping over the years occasionally. But uh, it's, not, it's not what I enjoy. I don't think any of the moderators enjoy doing that. But uh, it, it's a, a pretty active forum with a lot of members, so I guess occasionally the problem's going to crop up. But thankfully, few and far between, I had some good predecessors that set some good standards uh, as moderators, so I tried to learn from them. And uh, I hope I'm considered uh, fair uh, in my moderation, and uh, that would be my hope. You'd be a moderate moderator. 
Yep. If you don't know I'm there, that's probably a good thing. So. So is your is your routine yeah. as a moderator? Is it check the forums a couple times a day, or you know when it fits into your schedule, see what's going on, see who's doing what to who? I do. I, I get up in my my favorite time to smoke my pipe is in the morning. So usually I'll go out in the patio or in my workshop and cup of coffee and pipe and uh, check see what's going on. Check the new topics. Uh, I, I get uh, I subscribe to the RSS feed for the two classified sections, so I get those automatically. That's up to a lot of uh, activity. <laughs> I think I had like seven thousand posts over six months that I, that I've read, which is Kind of scary when you think about it, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's worked out well. We we didn't have a really a tobacco section, and uh, I was somewhat against it. I didn't think uh, I didn't think it, I thought it'd be too difficult to moderate and keep cleaned up. But one of the four members talked me into it, and Kevin started it. And it's been one of the more popular sections of the forum lately. So yeah, I learned a little bit. I, I'm a little bit stubborn, uh, so I listened to a forum member, and he. He explained it pretty well to me what he, how he thought it should work, and I think uh, I think everyone was pretty pleased with that section. And it has required very little work on my end, to be honest with you. It's been pretty uh, self self moderating to this point. Uh, the other thing I'm real proud of is we put in with my interest in British pipes a year year and a half ago. We put in the British pipe section, and uh, I think that's become one of the uh, one of the premier British pipe sites of of pipe of the pipe form world. So. I'm real proud of some of our members. We're really blessed to have some uh, members that have a, a ton of knowledge about pipes in general, but particularly British pipes, and uh, we're glad to have their participate, participation. And uh, I think that section, I'm, I'm very pleased with how well that's been received and how active it's been. That was kind of a pet project of mine. So now you mentioned you, you travel a lot. You travel some for work. Uh, what exactly do you do? I'm a franchise business consultant for Roy Rogers Restaurants. We're a quick service company that was owned by Marriott for many years. And I started there, actually I started there in November of 1979. I'm glad of 18. So I've been there ever since in various capacities. Uh, we bought the brand in 2001 and I moved over to the franchise department. And I have franchisees in Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York. Did have New York City for a while, which is interesting. Even up to Rhode Island, uh, so I, I drive a lot. I'm, uh, we're probably fellow road warriors. I just retired a 2008 Nissan Altima that had 400,000 miles on it. So uh, <laughs> I'm on the road quite a bit. When I'm on the road, got pipe. I know where all the pipe shops are. My wife follows my debit card receipts or cash if I'm being uh, secretive. <laughs> my pipe, but. Uh, but you don't know won't hurt her. But, uh, yeah, so uh, there's a pipe shop somewhere on the East Coast, the Mid-Atlantic region. Yeah, the, uh, a lot of the clubs have been real kind to me. Uh, I've been going to uh, probably two or three times a year I make it to the New York City Club, and that's a, always a fascinating experience. I've got to know several of those uh, members very well. Some of them are, a lot of them are foreign members. But to get them, get, meet them in person and share a pipe with them, and uh, it's really brilliant guys in that club and and some oddly eccentric just what you think of a new york city pipe smoker are, are there as well too so you never know who you're going to see or meet in the, at the new york city club 
the Philadelphia Club is also a favorite of mine, the Christopher Morley Club, and that's uh, I mentioned Les Young, that's his home club, and he invited me there. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, Brian, but it's uh, that one is held at the Pen and Pencil Club in downtown Philly. It's kind of uh, it's almost a speakeasy kind of a place. You knock on the door and tell Pipe Club, and they let you in. <laughs> they sell food and alcohol, and there's usually 25, 30 members there that I've gotten to know pretty well. And both of those two clubs are always welcome to me. I'm not an official member, I guess, of either, but uh, they know me by name. And uh, I, I pulled up to New York City uh, a couple months ago. We had some nice weather. I drove in. The windows were open at this uh, where the club meets. Yeah, there's Al from Maryland. <laughs> that was a good greeting. It was my first time in quite a while driving into New York City, which wasn't, uh, they told me it was okay and it, and it wasn't awful, so I made it in and out with, with little problems. Uh, there's another club in uh, near Allentown, the Lehigh Valley Club, and there's a, quite a few foreign members uh, in that club. Uh, and they meet at a great place called the Wooden Match. It's a uh, cigar bar. Old railroad. I don't know if you've ever been there. Old railroad no. station uh, has some outdoor areas. Uh, Russ Olivette lives near there, so he'll drop in. Um, even if you say you're going to go there, he'll, he'll pop over and have a pipe or two with him and show you a new blend that he's working on. But uh, that's a really great group of guys, and they put him in the basement, which is almost like a dungeon uh, for the club meetings. So we we have to place ourselves down there, and uh, that's always always a, a great event to go to. Uh, now, locally, I belong to a couple clubs. We started a new club in Frederick, Maryland. There's a thread on the uh, forum about that club. And we're trying to get that off the ground. I also belong to the Winchester Pipe Club in Winchester, Virginia. They meet at the J.B. Hayes shop. But uh, those are there are two J.B. Hayes. And I think you know John Hayes and his son Matt. They're great people, as most pipe shop owners and tobacco shop owners are. Boswell, as I mentioned earlier, is right up the road for me. So... I'm there once a month. We just had a meet and greet. Uh, first Saturday of every month, we head up to Boswell's for a couple hours. So I, I beg off work from my wife and try to get her to mow the lawn while I shoot up there. But, uh, yeah, it's a great shop. It's Albany. I, I travel near Albany, New York. There are uh, Pison Scars used to be there. That's where I first met Russ. was there. Now he's since moved down to Lehigh Valley area. But there are a couple of Park Lane is up there. Uh, above Albany, a couple of Joes I get to. That's a little farther up, so I don't get there maybe once a year. I'll shoot up there. They got a wonderful shop, new new building up there they just moved into. But, yeah, I was, uh, you won't find me in a bar when I'm traveling, but you will find me in a bike shop somewhere, particularly in the wintertime. You know, I'm looking for a safe haven. So I really relish uh, being close to those places on out in the road. It doesn't always happen, so. Have you ever walked into a shop and been completely surprised by how wonderful it was when you when you got in there? Yeah, I just discovered a uh, there's a little shop I'm drawing a blank on the name of the shop in uh, in New York, and they had quite a selection of state and some nice ones. It, it was it's near Quebec to be, and uh, they had a, a shop or a customer of the shop that worked for GE and he traveled all over. And they were selling some of his estates, so now I know. And I'm drawing a complete blank on the name, but it's uh, it's right in the Albany area, yeah, between Albany and Schenectady. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, again, I'm always always treated well. You know, I I enjoy talking to people, so I'm not very bashful. I'll walk in, start talking to folks about pipes, and see what they have, 
New York, it's uh, taxes are always tough, but uh, yeah. I always try to buy something I think it's important. You know, when you when you go into shop, that you uh, your customers don't preload. Oh, even if I don't find any tobacco, I always you uh, pick up some cigars for one of my buddies, um, or pass along to my son-in-law. So, usually so I can find the, the, some tobacco that, that suits me, and uh, yeah, always treated well. So, I think that's part of the pipe world. Is there a shop that you haven't been to that you that you want to make the uh, make the trip to? We have never. Tri- I've never been to Boston. And someone just asked me the other day if I'd been to Paredes in Boston, and I've never even been to Boston, period. So that one is definitely on the list. And I'm hoping to knock off. We're going to travel to New Orleans uh, in a couple weeks to see my daughter and the uh, the shop with the, uh, the podcast. And he was a guest on your show. Now <laughs> I'm drawing. The Country Squire. This, the Country Squire. Yeah. That is directly above... New Orleans, and uh, we're, go- we're going from New Orleans to Tupelo, because my wife loves Elvis, which is a cross I have to bear, but uh, <laughs> we're going to yeah. definitely stop at, uh, at the Country Squire and see those guys, so I, I do listen to their podcasts when I'm not listening to the Pipes Magazine radio podcast, and uh, enjoy their show, and uh, I think they're going to be at the New Orleans show, so I look forward to meeting them, and uh, definitely want to take in their shop. Uh, there's another one in Nashville, too, uh, and I'm not sure if I have time to get there or not. But, uh, yeah, so Pretty's is probably the number one. Last question. Any advice for people that uh, travel with pipes? Well, new pipe smokers, I'd say go easy buying pipes until you learn what you like. I went through a ton of pipes uh, that I sold. Most of you lose money doing that. So I wouldn't spend a ton of money until you get it all figured out. The travel's pretty easy. I uh, I have a small, I have a number of pipe cases. As my children like to laugh at my pipe bags, uh, my man bags, they call them. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of those for different. Uh, when I travel with myself, it's a single pipe case with a lighter and a tamper and uh, a pouch of tobacco inside it, a Ziploc. Then I have a, like a double, double Peterson uh, a couple smoking pipes bags uh, that they're using my mainstays and a really big one that I think it holds 12 pipes. That's my pipe show bag. But yeah, you don't really need much. I just have a small fabric carryover, you know, foldover that I, that, that's been with me for five years now. It really fits the bill. Well, I'm grateful if I have a half hour, 45 minutes to smoke a pipe after, you know, the rest of my business and traveling. We work uh, long, pretty long hours, so uh, I was up checking in my hotel in the house at 6 and get to my hotel at 9 o'clock at night, so uh, I'll, with the weather's uh, conducive, I'll grab a quick 30-minute, 30, 30 40-minute smoke. I carry a little chair in my car, so I'm on the self-contained smoking machine. Um, <laughs> I have a fold-out chair, and you'll find me under a tree reading on my Kindle. I, I, when I travel, my, uh, my wife knows I, I carry, my kids, I carry a pillow, my pipe, my Kindle, and my XM. Never, never traveled out those four things. So uh, the pillow gets a lot of teasing, but when you stay in a lot of hotel rooms, uh, having your own pillows a really nice thing. Yeah, the battle over. Oh Lord, is this a bad pillow? Or yeah, I I definitely agree with you on the pillow. I load up the uh, load up the iPhone full of podcasts and other stuff to listen to, and and you're right. Off you go and staring at the windshield. 
Sometimes I'll pull over if I find a nice spot uh, and I need to do some work. Uh, if I'm on the road for six hours, I'll get that means I've got 100 emails that I need to read and respond to. So you might find me parked along the side of the road at a rest stop at a picnic table uh, during the nicer months and laptops open and pipes going and nice way to get some work done. Sounds like fun. Uh, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answers, whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I am ready. What is your favorite pipe? Favorite pipe at the moment. I got a ton of great pipes. My favorite pipe at the moment is a Bill Taylor Old Church Rhodesian 2X that George Debos, a recent guest, just put a new stem on, a tapered stem. It had a saddle stem. George put a beautiful tapered stem on it, and that right now is probably my favorite pipe. My number one Holy Grail pipe that was first on my list that I never thought I'd get was a Kamoy's 499 Extraordinaire from the 30s, and that's pretty near the top of my list too that's a very treasured piece and what's your favorite tobacco my mixture 955 that's probably 95 percent of what i smoke my my friends at pipe shops and clubs are always teasing me they offer me certain tobaccos and i usually politely say no thank you what i've described me as being uh, narrow uh, i thought i was narrow he said yeah narrow like a railroad uh, track is narrow you know <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Favorite drink is a vodka tonic with Tito's. And don't put any fruit in it, please. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Who needs TV when you got T-Rex? So that, if that gives you an answer, I love music. Uh, it's rare that I'm doing something where music isn't playing in the background. But reading's pretty secondary. I, I My Kindle's rarely with with, uh, with beyond arm's reach and if I don't have a book to read I'm uh, not a happy guy last question any particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory that we didn't discuss yet well I go back to my, my first meeting with Les Young Les, member Les Trout at Boswell's I guess about four years ago now when he introduced me to my mixer 965 that was really kind of a special moment Still really enjoying that interaction, meeting less whenever I can. The the other one would be the the last two Richmond shows. Of course, last year was uh, was the last show for maybe a while. But I, I always set up a meet and greet at one of the tables. Forum members, a lot of the club members from Philly, New York, drop by. Brian Levine dropped by, so it's great to chat and smoke a pipe with you. It doesn't always happen on, in, during a busy show, but that last Richmond show was was really special with the, the group we had around that table. I really really enjoyed the camaraderie and, and uh, fellowship with you folks. And it went downhill right after I got there. Uh, Al, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for all you're doing for the forums. If you want to get a hold of Al, reach out to him on uh, on the Pipes Magazine forums under S.S. Jones. Absolutely. And uh, congratulations on three years uh, of a successful radio show, Brian. That's a real, uh, real hallmark. Thank you for what you do. You're, you uh, travel with me at least an hour a week, every week for the past three years, so I appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. I'm glad I haven't made you run into a tree. Not yet. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. Craftsmanship. History. Tradition. 
These are the hallmarks of all quality products, from the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany. Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company, and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. All right, it is getting into the wee hours of Monday night. And, you know, Al said something in there about he went to a cigar store to the tobacconist and the tobacconist turned him off from uh, from buying a pipe and he still persisted. But, you know, I've I've heard that more often than uh, more often than I'd like to, where a uh, retailer is a little more interested in selling a uh, selling a potential pipe guy a pipe. And because I think one, because he doesn't want to take the time to explain how to smoke a pipe to him, but two, they don't want to lose that. Uh, they don't want to lose that cigar smoking customer. They they tend to think that they make more money off of uh, cigars in the long run. All right. Anyway, uh, kicking off the third year, uh, thought I'd do something a little different for music instead of music. Ran across uh, this YouTube video that's a uh, interview of a high school football player in Texas, and this is a uh, an, an exceptional young kid whose name is Apollo Hester, and uh, I mean he just really exemplifies what I think every young kid ought to think, and the way he says it, and the way he feels and believes exactly what he says. So just listen to the interview and. Uh, Hope you get something from it. Hey, Joaquin, I'm out here with Apollos Hester, wide receiver for the Patriots. You guys had one heck of a game tonight. Uh, how'd it go? I mean, it was going a little back and forth. You guys knew it was going to be a tough dogfight out there, and it was. So what were you guys able to do to come back and win this thing? All right, well, at first we started slow. We started real slow. And, you know, that's all right. That's okay because sometimes in life you're going to start slow. That's okay. We, we, we told ourselves, hey, we're going to start slow. We're going to keep going fast. We're going to start slow, but we're always, always going to finish fast. No matter what the score was, we're going to finish hard. We're going to finish fast. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. They had us. We weren't defeated, but they had us. But it took guts. It took an attitude. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to be successful is an attitude. And that's what our coach told us. He said, he said, hey, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to go out there. You're going to battle. You're going to fight. You're going to do it for one. You're going to do it for one another. Do it for each other. You're going to do it for yourself. You're going to do it for us. And you're going to go out with this win. And we believe that. We truly did. And it's, it's an awesome feeling. It's an awesome feeling when you truly believe that you're going to be successful. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the scoreboard, you're going to be successful because you put in all the time, all the effort, all the hard 
work and you know that it's going to pay off. And if it doesn't pay off, you continue to give God the glory. If you still lose the game, you continue to get each other's back. And, that, and that's what we realized. Regard, win or lose, we realized that we were going to be all right. It was going to be okay. We're going we're gonna to keep smiling. It was awesome. Awesome. Paul's always got a smile on his face. Talk about attitude. This guy's got attitude, if you guys can't tell. Uh, we met earlier this week, and uh, this was the enthusiasm I saw. It's the mindset. Yes, ma'am. Hey, you can do anything you put your mind to. Never give up on your dreams. Keep smiling. No matter what you're going to, if you fall down, just get up. If you can't get up, your friends are there to help you up. Your mom is there. Your daddy's there. God's there. Hey, I'm there to help you up. You're there. It's going to be all right. Just keep smiling, ma'am. Man. Along with all the football highlights you guys have gotten tonight, some motivational speaking courtesy of Apollo Sester. Man, great game tonight, buddy. Yes, so yes, Thank happy you. for you guys. You. Uh, this guy with one touchdown and a whole lot of sass coming out here for the Eastview Patriots. All right, guys, we'll send it back to you. Wow. All right, a couple of comments that come to mind immediately. Number one is that's in the interview hall of fame. Can that was please incredible. have that guy on every we single week? For every show. The second thing that comes to mind is... I don't know about you, but I'm ready to run through a brick wall. If he doesn't make it as I mean, a football he player, me up. he should be an inspirational speaker. That is incredible. In this age of um, stupid YouTube videos and stupid videos on uh, Facebook of people doing dumb things, and that's one exceptional young man, and I would like uh, I'd like everybody to listen to it again. And hey, just uh, just keep on keep on trying. That's the that's the key part right there. What's this? A letter for me. We'll do the mailbag as quick as we can get through it. And uh, John Seiler says, Hi, Brian. I'm a bit late tonight as I was enjoying a bowl on the deck with our friend Bill Kotick. Three years. Wow. Yeah. I've listened to them all. Uh, the show must have staying power. No, it's attitude. Uh, the show's got some damn attitude. Uh, John writes, I saw the article and thought it was very good. I personally, referring to the corncob pipe article, uh, I personally do not know Bob Gregory, but I feel I know him through others that I know that do, as I would expect he knows the history of his company. The merger looks like it will be a good thing for pipe smokers. Of course, any company that produces full Virginia Flake has to know what they are doing. Music, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, Mighty River was okay. Rave, great to see that uh, Smoker Friendly uh, show netted a tidy sum for the JDRF. Nice show, safe travels. Thank you. Uh, Dino writes, what a lovely chat. Bob is an absolute riot. Full Virginia Flake has been the major component of my own blend for over a decade. Love the stuff. Buy Bob a beer from me when you see him next week. The check's in the mail. Uh-oh, don't tell Bob. That's like two or three beers. Uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, a throwback to the great soul bands of the 60s and 70s. Saw them on Letterman a while back. They remind me of a local legendary Chicago group from back in the day. Baby Huey and the Babysitters. Great music choice. Have a good time in Deutschland, Dino. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, love the reading you did in Pipe Parts. Seems like we are on a roll with accents recently. We've had a Belgian accent, an Irish accent, Southern Louisiana drawl, and now a Northern English accent. <laughs> Bob Gregory seems like a lovely guy. His company produces some exquisite pipe tobaccos. My favorite would be 1792 if I could only keep it lit. Uh, their ropes are just great too. Love the history of the company stuff. 
All you need in Germany is the ability to say Ein kaltes Bier bitte. Yeah, or yes, beer. Okay. Um, George writes, It was a real pleasure listening to this show, particularly with regards to Bob Gregory. I've met him twice in the last year attending Pipe Club meetings, and in the last one I traveled with him and Ian Walker of Northern Briars to the event near London. He has a great and wicked sense of humor, a ready word for any occasion, and by gum he knows his stuff in the trade. He has achieved wonders with his tobaccos, and uh, his product is respected and loved all around the world. It was so nice as an Englishman, too, to hear a familiar voice and accent. I also live in in the north of England, though some distance away from the Lake District where Kendall, the home of Gaweth Hogarth business, is located. I look forward to getting some of that cabbie's blend as well. Thank you so much for a friendly, enlightening, and entertaining show, Steve. You are very welcome, Steve. Yeah, I love Bob. Bob's... Uh, a real character. Uh, Frozen Churchwarden writes, uh, The radio show is on a roll. Perique might be the only subject with more historical significance than Samuel Gaywith. And we get both interviews just a week apart. Yeah, I said we were going to kind of focus on tobacco for the summertime. Thought it'd be a little fun to do that. All right, uh, we'll save some more mailbag for next week's show, which will be recorded shortly after I'm done with this week's show and uh got some news in next week's show for you too all right in just a minute rant time what are you looking for in a pipe is it the quality of aged briar is it a certain shape or finish maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless smooth draw with each and every puff that's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well the exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. CupofJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupofJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupofJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, CupofJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. Cowboy. Oh boy. 
So previously I told you about FedEx saying no, no to the tobacco business and they won't ship them and we didn't know why. Well, I did a little bit of searching around and I found out that last year FedEx got sued by the state of New York for some 30 some odd million dollars because they found cigarettes coming in illegally into the state of New York. Is it FedEx's fault that FedEx doesn't inspect every package? No. But what did they do? They chickened out, took the chicken shit exit, and said, you know what, state of New York, we just won't take any more tobacco whatsoever. Now, the other news that I've heard is some folks in the industry are looking at suing FedEx for restraint of trade and a violation of interstate commerce. So there's more to come on the FedEx tirade. Uh, But basically what happened is some lawyer at FedEx got nervous and said, you know what, we don't need all this risk, so we're going to say we're not taking any tobacco products. Now, are they still going to be checking every box or every package that goes out? No. So what's going to happen is the legal shipments are going to get stopped. The illegal ones will still go through. It is illegal in the United States to ship cigarettes or chewing tobacco. It is not illegal to ship pipe tobacco or cigars. We'll see what happens with FedEx. In the meantime, UPS has talked to us and... They're still good to go. They just want to make sure that we're only shipping to licensed retail tobacconists and that we have the right to do that. So there you go. There you have it. Hey, listen, this is uh, this is a great way to kick off uh, year number three of the radio show. I want to spend a moment here to thank everybody that has uh, sponsored the show, helped us get going, helped keep us going. Make sure, and uh, if you get a chance, patronize those sponsors, and especially want to say thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. Thank you to Al. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to Almost three straight years and that smoking lamp is still going? It's a miracle.